0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond podcast. I'm your host, Kelly R. Jackson. Let's just get right into it as we always do. This is our Monday morning discipleship podcast. Uh, We've been doing this again uh, for the last uh, month and a half or so, and we hope that you've been blessed by it. And we'd like to give you this word, try to keep you in the mindset of discipleship, try to keep you in a Sunday morning uh, mindset as you go on into your week. So we want to talk about this week is being patient with new converts being patient with new converts, meaning people who have just come to Christ, people who just joined the church, um, being patient with new converts. And we talked last week and we we, we said we we're going to do this on this week because last week uh, we had the conversation about uh, don't go back the way that you came. And so we're going to tell you this week um, about how we can be patient with people who are just coming to Christ. And, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because um, a lot of times when people uh, come to join the church. Uh, let me back it up right here. A lot of people are intimidated about joining the church because we, amen. We try to make it seem like they've got to be perfect once they join the church, as if they're joining a group of perfect people. Now we're gonna we're not gonna get into all that today. Um, that's another subject for another time. But there's pressure that we put on them that that they've got to be perfect and and it's got to be uh, right to the letter from the moment that you join the church. And some people. Will not join the church because we actually put too much pressure on them, uh, to be perfect again, as though we're perfect, as though we're doing everything right. Um, and we've been in church for 15, 20, 30 years and we'll act as if we've, we've got it all together. And so I want to talk about being patient though with the new converts, with the people who are just giving their lives to Christ. Now, before I go, uh, too far, too far rather in this, I'm not talking about people who've come back. I'm not talking about people who, uh, have some experience as we like to say, Christian experience, people who got some experience with Jesus, people who, um, already have some, some church experience, so to speak. I'm talking about those people that we've reached that are just coming out of the world, that are just coming into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that are just coming to accept, um, Jesus Christ as their savior. And we put a little bit too much pressure on them, I think. And so we've got to be patient. But then there's also another side to this. I'm going to, I'm going to say this before we get to our scripture today. There's another side to this that sometimes when people do come to Christ, they're excited. They, and sometimes they're overly excited and they're, they're what we call zealous. And, and sometimes they think that this is easier, uh, than it, than it looks. They, they, they get excited about this, this new life. They get excited about this new thing. And, and sometimes they, they, they just, they're, they're so overstimulated that they kind of miss the mark, that they kind of miss that this is actually work, that it takes work every day to be a Christian. And and sometimes it's kind of hard for them to wrap their minds around it because they think it's easy, um, but they don't realize that hey, you've been working at that other thing for all this time. So so this is going to require some work out of you as well. And so I want to make sure that we get this word on today, uh, being patient with new converts. Now, what I want to do is I want to share some scripture with you um, concerning this, and one of the things that that happens is a lot of times when people get baptized, they expect something magic to happen, right? They expect, uh, I've, I've been baptized. So all of a sudden the magic is going to happen. All of a sudden, everything's just going to change. I'm going to walk out of church and it's not going to have any problems anymore. And so a lot of times that we're, we're not explaining to them, and sometimes that's our fault. Sometimes that's their fault because you got to come back to get that knowledge. I'm going to touch on that today, um, all that it takes. It's not just the baptism. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So so let me read the scripture for you, and then I'm going to give you the rest of uh, this information that I have for you today. Then we're going to get out of the way on this Monday morning. I want you to take a look when you get a chance. um, Look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, and verses 14 through 17. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. And I'm going to set this up here. What we have is we have uh, the scattering of the church. Uh, Saul has not been converted to Paul and he's persecuting the church and people start to scatter, but they start to scatter and this is all a part of God's divine plan because now as they scatter, they go out and they preach the word to, to, to new people, to people who have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna set this up because we're in Samaria at, at this particular point in the scripture and they're sharing the gospel with the people of Samaria. And 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 lo and behold, we have some new converts that are coming, right? We have some new converts, but I want to make sure I read the scriptures. Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation as we've been accustomed to doing on these podcasts because we want to make sure that you get it in your understanding. So Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Verse 14 says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there as soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this is important because again, they had been baptized but they had not received the Holy Spirit. Why is this important, Reverend Jackson? Again, because we talk about new converts, when they come to the church and they, as as we like to say, I I gave my hand to the preacher, I gave my heart to the Lord, and they go and they get baptized. Sometimes even, you know, they, they have this mindset, sometimes they have this thought amongst themselves that none of them baptized, things are just going to be different. But if you're not led by the Holy Spirit in your life, in your decision-making, in your living. If you're not led by the Holy Spirit, you're going to look up one day and say, hey, ain't nothing changed. Nothing, nothing, why Why am I still making bad decisions? Why, why is it still, I, I went and got baptized, right? And, and, and so again, you need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to lead you as far as your life changing, right? What the church has to do is we have to be patient with new converts because again, until that indwelling of the Holy Spirit happens, they're going to make some of the same mistakes that they made before. And we can't come down too hard on them because then we run them out of the church and they're not around long enough to to, to really change and to really grow in the Lord. When you look at the text that we have here, the gospel has been preached in Samaria. People have been baptized, but they still need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because otherwise their lives are not going to change. They just went in the water. They heard a message. They went in the water. But until that indwelling of the Holy Spirit happens, they're not going to change. And so when we look at this, one of my favorite passages of scripture is Romans chapter 10, verse two, and it talks about people having a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, right? And so all that simply means is that we can be excited about God and not even know God we can be excited about being at church and not even really know what it means. We can be excited about Jesus, but not really have the proper knowledge of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit leads and guides. So even though you're excited about it, that does not mean that you're going to be living it the right way. You can have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And and the, and the thought behind this is that you need to get some knowledge to go with your excitement. You can't just be excited about it. You've got to have some knowledge that goes with the excitement. And so here it is. I'm going to give you all a few principles, then we're going to get out of the way on today. The work isn't done when they join the church. That's only the beginning. So again, as we press people, as we push people to say, come on, you need to join the church. The work isn't done when they join the church. That's only the beginning. And so I'm an advocate of, of churches having what, what we call new members class, new converts to teach them what they've joined, to teach them about the Bible, to teach them about Christian living, and then pray over them as we saw in the book of Acts, if we saw in the text, to pray that they receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because if they're not led and guided by the Holy Spirit, their lives are going to be the same. And at some point, the church is going to look like a fraud, Right because we haven't prayed over them and we haven't asked God, now that they've been saved, now that they've confessed with their mouth and they believe in their heart on Jesus Christ, believe he's the son of God, and they believe that he died and rose on the third day. Now that they believe all of these things, they need an indwelling of the Holy Spirit to help them live their lives according to what they say they believe now, right? And so the work isn't done when they join the church. That's only the beginning. What they need is Bible class, if you know me personally, if you heard anything that I've ever taught, you know that I'm a big advocate for Bible class. Because as the saying goes, preaching pulls you out of the world, but teaching pulls the world out of you. People need to be in Bible class. You can't get it on Sunday morning. And sometimes I say that and I, and I rub some of my brothers in the preaching ministry the wrong way, but it's just the truth. I know you're a great preacher and a great pastor, but if you know people you know, you got to spend some time with them outside of Sunday morning because Sunday morning is an emotional thing, right? But Wednesday night Bible class or whenever you have your Bible class, that's not an emotional thing. That is a learning thing. That is when I start to grasp the word of God. And and, and listen to me good. When you've been in Bible class, Sunday morning becomes more meaningful you, to you because you understand more what your pastor is talking about. And so again, What they need is Bible class. Now, now this may come hard for those that have come out of the world because it's foreign to them, right? If they don't know Jesus, if they don't understand church, they think all I got to do is show up here on Sunday and I'm good. I don't even have to make it to Sunday school. As long as I make it to the service and I hear the pastor preach, I'm good. But this is foreign to them like, oh no, this is going to be a commitment. Like you got to spend some time outside of the Sunday morning. You got to spend some time by yourself, even studying your Bible for yourself and learning. And then you got to come together with us so that we can all learn together and ask questions together and seek understanding together. Right. And so we've got to push them to come to Bible class again, not browbeat them and not not overwhelm them, but encourage them and say, listen, now now I know you've turned your life over to Jesus. I know you got baptized, but you're going to need some Bible class or this is really going to stick if it's really going to connect in your life, if it's really going to make a change in your life, you're going to have to come to Bible class. And I'm still trying to figure out how people are thinking they're going to be the best Christians that they can be. And they never study what the Bible says, what God has to say, what Jesus has to say. How are you going to be the best Christian that you can be if you never spend any time in the word? So let me give you a few principles, and then we're going to move out the way on today. Uh, We've already shared a couple of things with y'all, but I want to give you this, and then we're going to get out of the way. Um, Listen, you won't change overnight. So you got to do the work and you've got to be patient. Not only does the church need to be patient with new converts, new converts need to be patient with themselves. So listen, again, when, when you join the church, but then you find yourself on Monday morning doing some of the same stuff you did before you joined the church, it, be patient with yourself. You didn't get to be this person that you that you were previously to, to, to accepting Christ. You weren't that person overnight. It took some years to become that person. The same thing is going to be true in your new life. It's going to take some time. Work at it. Work at it. Again, you're going to make mistakes. Some old habits, as we like to say, old habits die hard, right? So you're not going to just automatically just be new. Be patient with yourself. You won't change overnight, but you've got to do the work and you've got to be patient. Listen, the next thing, y'all, is the devil is at his worst when you're trying to live right. So listen, listen, if you get your Bible um, and, and, and when you get some time, you read the book of Matthew around the end of chapter three, going into chapter four. At the end of chapter at chapter three in Matthew, and, and the gospel is recorded by Matthew, Jesus himself is baptized. When he comes out of the water, he goes into the wilderness and he fasts for 40 days. And then the devil comes to him and tries to tempt him. And what I'm always trying to stress to people if, is that if the devil met Jesus outside the baptism pool, If the devil met Jesus after he got baptized, knowing who Jesus was, what makes you think the devil's not coming your way when you say, you know what? I'm giving up my old life and I'm following Jesus. If he would confront Jesus, knowing who Jesus was, why wouldn't he confront you? So so listen, the devil is at his worst when you're trying to live right. When you're trying to do your best, that's when he will come and attack. But what you'll also find out is it's not so much even that the devil attacks is that As I shared once in a Bible class, I said, listen, when you really start trying to live right, your eyes are open to how wrong you've been living. You start seeing things differently. It's not that the people around you have changed. They're doing what they always did, but you're trying not to do it anymore. And so now you're really analyzing the behavior. You're saying, is this what I've been doing is this what I've been up to, right? And so again, the devil is at his worst. So he'll he'll use your old friends. He'll use your old ways. He'll use those things that you like. He's not going to tempt you with stuff that you don't like. He'll use all that stuff to try to pull you away from that new life. And so you've got to be prepared for that, right? And so even as a church, even as a church, before I get to my last principle, we've got to be patient because we've got to remember that there was a time where you were getting saved, where you were going through the process and the devil was pulling at you too. So when them new converts come to church on on that Sunday and join the church and they're on fire for Jesus and they're coming to church that first month and they're on fire for Jesus and all of a sudden they start missing church here and there, be patient with them. Be patient with them, right? Because that used to be you and me, right? And, and, And let's be honest, even those of us that didn't start missing church, that does not mean that your behavior outside wasn't that you didn't slip back into some of that old behavior, right? And so so let me give you this last thing, but then we're going to get out the way here. An attack will come from within the very thing that you have joined, but you must endure. What do I mean when I say that? Again, the attack, as I said, people in the church need to be patient. One of the struggles with new converts, one of the struggles with people joining our church is that they get attacked from people on the inside what we call friendly fire. They get attacked by the people who should be encouraging them when they slip up and they miss church or, or they don't commit to everything that we want them to commit to. We start to attack them. Oh, you ain't really saved. You ain't really saved. They've got to gross to some of that stuff. And so we, as a church, we have to learn to be patient with the new converts. But again, as I wrap this up here, think about the scripture that we looked at today in Acts chapter eight, verses 14 through 17. Those people were baptized. They had received the gospel. They were on fire. They were excited, but the disciples were dispersed. Go and pray over them so that they might receive the Holy Spirit. It's not enough that they've been baptized. Go pray over them so that they might receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because that's when things start to change. Not because you're baptized, but because you start making better decisions. And let me be clear here before I wrap this up for good, really here. I'm not telling you not to get baptized. Jesus got baptized. You need to get baptized. Baptism is an outward show, outward expression of an inward change. You get baptized because you're changing on the inside. Baptism doesn't save you. You ought to be saved when you go in the water. But that indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that's what's going to lead to the changing of your life. That's going to cause you to desire to be in Bible class, studying the word of God and learning how I can apply this to my life and how I can get better. We've got to be patient with the new converts. But if I've got any new converts listening to me, be patient with yourself. You didn't get to where you were overnight and you're not going to change overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take work. But I guarantee you that it's all worth it. Listen, that's all the time that we have for this Monday morning discipleship. I hope you all were blessed by that. Um, I was excited to share that with you about how we need to be patient uh, with our new converts. And again, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, Let me give you our tag as we always do. Listen, if you'd like to keep up with the ministry, best way to do that is to find us on our ministries website, www.krjministries.org. Again, that's www.krjministries.org. Again, if you stop by there, we do believe that you will be blessed. If you'd like to purchase uh, any of our written works, stop by the publishing website, www.krjpublishing.com. Again, that's www.krjpublishing.com. Again, pick up any one of our works. Um, Are We Still Making Disciples, and Act of Grace, uh, any one of our 30-Day Meditation books, uh, The Power in Your Prayers. Uh, I've got 13 books there. So check it out. We believe you purchase any one of those. You will be blessed. As always, we like for you to subscribe to the podcast share it with your friends and family, post it on Facebook, social media, uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. So we encourage you to subscribe um, so that you know when we have new episodes popping up uh, each and every week. Listen, that's all the time that we have for our Monday morning discipleship segment. Again, we hope that you were all blessed by that and we will see you all on next time. Be blessed.